What's up, guys? Welcome. You're listening to Voices of Black and Gold, where we talk everything LAFC, the good and the bad. I'm your host, LAFC Hawaii. Today, we're going to talk about San Jose versus LAFC, where we got shut out uh, 2-0. And um, yeah, we we did not look good. Uh, We had no DPs on the pitch again. Uh, This is now, what, three games uh, in the last four that we have played with uh, no DPs. And then we're just going to talk about what has happened to LAFC since 2019. How do we look so different with, let's get into it. We're calling, um, you know, some of the guys and, and just get this ball rolling. Um, let's go with the uh, live. All right. So live. What do you think, man? What, what's going on? <laughs> like uh, the game, what, what did you think about the game? Um, well, first of all, credit to all the fans that went up there, that traveled. Uh, they're probably players of the match, to be honest with you. Um, it's another poor performance uh, yet again. I mean, the three wins were great. Enjoyed them, but it papered over the cracks what this team really is, and it is absolutely crap at defending. I mean, I, I mean, some of the goals that were scored in the San Jose game were like schoolboy mistakes. It's embarrassing, you know? And I, I don't understand some of the – I think we're the only team in MLS that does a hockey line change of subs, at what, like four at one time. Like that – I never see anybody ever do that besides us. It's really weird. I don't understand the philosophy behind it, um, but it is what it is. Uh, we were out tactically coached again. Um, it just doesn't – it is what it is. I mean, I've been saying it for a while. You know, I hate to keep beating the drum, but if you really look at this roster, it's funny that you label this what happened to the LEFC from 2019 – I was actually looking at that roster probably two hours before this uh, space this was going on. And that 2019-2020 team with, you know, the, the Supporter Shield, we actually had veterans on that team, and we never replaced them. Like, Walker Zimmerman, I know, like, when he went to USA national team and he came back, he wasn't the same or as great, but he was still a solid center back. We never really replaced him. We thought Morello was a replacement. He is clumsy as shit, and he is not the answer. Also, Sebastian Vedashore, yeah, he was, you know, getting older, but he's still veteran leadership. Even Lee Wynn, he was a good guy to have in the center mid. And even with Mark Anthony K, yeah, I bashed on him a lot. But looking at the center mids now, he regressed so badly. Is that due to Bob? I'm going to say yes, because you're supposed to make these players get better, not worse. And it's just been a, a shambolic this whole season. And that's why I've now, you know, it's been Bob out, but I'm I'm putting the JT out uh, hashtag all over as well because he needs to go as well. He took this roster from a contender to a pretender in over one season, which is incredible to me. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts on the game, the season, and this club as a whole. So are you saying that you miss Kay? No, 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 don't, don't, don't misquote me on that. No, 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 what I'm saying is that, if you look at Mark Anthony, hey, I, let's be honest here. Mark Anthony K in the Sports Shield season, he was, we all thought, I mean, at least I thought, man, this guy's going to be good in the future. Like, this is a guy we can rely on. But he regressed so quickly and so, like, badly. And now he's doing pretty good at Colorado. It's like, okay, yeah, he wasn't the best, but with the abilities to get help from a coach and the coaching staff, you're supposed to make these players greater and develop them. I haven't, obviously, we didn't see it and we shipped him out because he was poor. And Bob as a whole, I think, is making a lot of these players regress, to be honest with you. And I'm not seeing any development. Yeah, Bryce do look good. But as we mentioned, what's your reward for looking good and uh, being the probably the toughest guy in the pitch? Oh, yeah, bench. It doesn't make any sense. Like the rewards, if you do good, it seems like your reward is bench or you get minutes taken away from you. 
which is something I don't understand with this team and the philosophy. And that's why I'm thinking the end of the season, the pair of them, both Bob and JT, need to go. Will it happen? Probably not. Uh, but that's just something I'm going to keep beating on. And if people don't like it, that's just too damn bad. I'm just going to keep beating on it and beating on it every week. No, look, I mean, I think there's some points to this. You know, um, I don't think all the games that we've lost as of late have been on Bob. I definitely don't think um, uh, the one the other day that we lost was on him because we had two setters where the guys just didn't hit. And I'll I'll say that all day long. Um, But I definitely think the subs are questionable. You know, I mean, this is the facts. You can't get away from it. Um, And it's the times that he does it and sometimes the way that he does it that are questionable for me. Um, But I'm – and I've been saying it. I find it to be a bit ridiculous of how young we've went with the team. And I put that on on JT. Um, Yeah, look, he, he wants to sell players, and I get that. But just to sort of go back on what you were saying a second ago, it is true. When we had, you know, I've, I've wrote this a couple of times, when we had the Beta Shores, when we've had the Fell Harbors, when we had Zimmerman, we had veterans that would stand up and be the leader when the other mm-hmm. one was lacking. And that's something that we don't have. You Look, we have a bunch of injuries right now. I get that. But, you know, uh, them guys, even Lee Wynn, man, uh, you know, like he, he was someone that I always go back to. And a lot of people don't say his name. But for me, I always found him to be a big part of the, of the midfield. Um, so, for you know, I, I think they're really missed. Um, and, uh, you know, like you said, we never replaced them. And I hope this offseason we actually bring in uh, some veteran players, seasoned players. Uh, I don't want us to be a retirement team. I'm not saying that. Uh, I want us to have, you know, young players where the old ones can show what's what what to do, but also to be the leader out there and step up when we need them. Uh, Celso, what do you think, yeah. man? Yeah, no, the, the age thing is interesting if you compare it with 2019 because the, 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 the youth from 2019 is now the caliber in our roster. Uh, and if you just go back at who was playing in 2019 that was young – are the guys are currently starting? Edward Atuesta was 21. Diego Rossi was 20 at the time, uh, and I'm just going the guys that that had you know meaningful minutes uh, in and play you know consistently for the team. Latif Blessing was 22 at the time. Tristan Blackman was uh, again 22, and then these guys are now being asked to be the leaders of our current roster. Uh, you know, and they've had two three years under the Bob system, and what we've seen now is the all of them, except for maybe a couple of them, have regressed. Uh, actually, that's, that's unfair to say, you know, given that Diego has moved on and, and such. But you can make the argument that we're not really developing the youth, right, to become top caliber players. But that explains why the roster is young, because the, the leadership in Bob's mind, in my opinion, he's expecting it that comes through these players that have been in his system now for a few years and, and have been, you know, tasked with growth and with now being the leaders of this new generation. The problem, in, again, is the, the DP situation, which it seems to me that is very unclear on not only where we are, but where we're going from here. If you asked the front office if they have a plan about where the DP are going to land next year, I probably 
would say that they have a 50-50 idea where they want to be. But it's not – it's unknown. And I believe this unknown begun at the beginning of the season with Diego Rossi's uh, you know, uh, lack of a sale. And, and he showed in, on the pitch that he, he seemed disinterested. And then we have Vela, which you know always will show up perennially for about half of the season. And then an injury will take him out. So, again, without DPs, uh, without caliber – excuse me, without uh, veteran caliber – you are now at the mercy of these guys that were your sub fringe dudes two years, you know, two MLS seasons ago. So, I mean, again, it, we're not NCAA, right? That now your seniors are going to lead you to paradise. And that's what I've been posting all day. You can, you know, sure, we can ask for a coaching change, right? But the Bob in people, right? And someone asked, well, what is it that, that keeps the Bob in people, right? And and I'll and I'll and I'll and I'll open up for the next person. The Bob and people think that he may be worse without Bob and JT. So think about the fact that you may now be a franchise that is now at the bottom, starts losing valuation, and some of the bigger signals are, are you know get exposed, and and now you're not able to retrieve the the caliber that you had. So again, this is why I asked the question, hey. Peter Verms had a really bad season two years ago in 2019, right? The year that we we're talking about comparing ourselves to. And now he's Peter Verms, man. He's going to lead KC to a potential playoff. He just sold Buzio to Italy. Now, do we want to get rid of a coach based on one or two bad seasons? And in my opinion, 2020 was not the season to measure anything. So do right. we want to get rid of this coach based on one bad season? And that's no, my it's point. Funny that, it's funny. And that I don't have an answer, by the way. I'm not Bob in. And I've said that. I'm not Bob in. I'm not Bob out. But again, this is where our roster is. We put a lot of chips in the board. I've been in Vegas. So I'm all about it, right? And now we're seeing these, these chips are going to pay out. But I'll be honest. If this roster looks 50% of what it looks like today, you know, six months from now, I'm I'm going to be, like, very, very surprised. So, anyways, that's, that's my opening spiel here. I, I want to hear about what some of the other guys have to say here. But. You know, it, it was a tough uh, match to watch, uh, but I was pretty, pretty convinced that we were not going to win that game. So, so the question for me is: is let's say, all right, so you're not a Bob in a Bob out, which I don't know what I am either. I've been I'm on Bob, a roller. Oh, I'm I've on been, the. I've been on the roller coaster of it. I've been yeah. on a roller coaster of it. But uh, what about JT? I mean, do you do you fault him at all for as young as he's yes, built this roster? The moves have been either ill timed. Or or un, misunderstood to me, you know, the Corey Bear move was one that I'm still trying to understand and scratch my head over it. The Mark Anthony K offloading of Mark Anthony K in the middle of the season when we didn't really have a, a true replacement other than Chris Ostomo, you know, a USL product that has just been called up, you know, it signals to me that this season might have been a transition season that we're not really aiming to win. That's right. Me. But what about what about even getting rid of him to Colorado? Someone that's above us in the standings that is playing really well. I mean, that sort of seems bizarre to send him there, also, right? Yeah, I mean, everything starts seeming bizarre when things are not going your way, right? And and that's the thing. We can't overanalyze every little move, but it's it's still like we're relying on the the the, the suches of of Mamadou, which was two years removed from an academy to go against top MLS caliber to make things happen for us. I mean, is it really feasible and 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 fair, you know, we use the word fair to 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 require this coach to to get 11 players to show up 
on the road against an experienced roster, against an experienced coach, against a motivated team, and then show up with two two wins. Like I knew there were going to be two losses on the road. We had no chance. Are you kidding me? Like we don't have a roster. Noah Twista, no win. It, and that's it. We can we can win it if a Twista was there. And that's why we won the game in SKC at home. And we can also win it if we are at home. And this is why I still believe Bob has a chance. We have to win our games at home, and we have to bring our Twister back. And then we're back. And then JT is a genius, right? Because the one move he did that we're not talking about is, um, you know, it's Aaron Goal, right? That was dead on. He got it right. He got another Colombian to show up, and that guy is doing 25% of the work. Look at my ex-Goal chart that I posted today. He has way fewer games than Mr. Rodriguez, and yet he's at the top of the chart. Third most contributor to X goals. Okay, that's a good move from, from JT. I can't separate the bad from the good and just pinpoint the guy. This is why I'm on the fence. It's good and bad, you know? And then, like, there's the 100 injuries, you know what I mean? I mean what can we do about that? And then there's Vela, right? Let's not even talk about Vela. Because yeah. Vela has his own chapter on a book, right? And he drives our roster. Vela plays, Vela happy, LAFC happy, you know? And that's the end of that, man. It's, you know, as soon as Vela's not happy... The team becomes unhappy, and for the most part, I saw that with Diego Rossi as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, I I didn't realize that with Rossi. I guess because maybe I was such a fan. Um, But it is interesting now that he's been gone. uh, The difference in the way that um, the team has been playing, and I'm I I think Diego Rossi is still an amazing player, and I'm I'm still his his fan. But it it did sort of surprise me. Uruguay, come on in, man. Let's hear what you got. Well, uh, I'm disappointed. What else can I say? Uh, there was some point in the night where I asked myself, is it worth it to stay watching this game? Because <laughs> it was late night. But yeah, I, I still watched it because at the end of the day, I still love this club and uh, I will watch it even if we are at the bottom of the table. Uh, but yeah, some some silly decisions. I think our, our unexperienced squad... Um, has some risks for sure, and uh, we paid them from the beginning with that fast goal from Kikanovic. Um, I think that later we're going to focus on the bad defending, but uh, Murillo in 2020 was way better than what we've seen from him in 2021. Um, well, almost all the team has been in that way, but I thought Murillo was going to step up with the uh, captain armband and the uh, Yo, I'm the captain. I'm the leader. I'm gonna lead this defense to the to the top. But unfortunately, it hasn't been the case. And uh, then I, I still don't get why Ibiaga has been playing on the right all the season since he came to LAFC, and Fall has been playing on the left. And then suddenly, uh, in this game, they switched positions, and in my opinion, they both seem uncomfortable. And uh, you could tell that in the first goal, Fall, Murillo, Iviaga, they didn't make the the required movements. And I think that's because they are not used to playing in those positions. Uh, then, I mean, we, we just had, we just received two shots on goal and we got two goals against. So, I mean, it's all... Um, a big amount of, of, of factors who led to, to this poor result. But, uh, I mean, the defense and the keeper, for me, haven't been at their best. 
for the last month or, or, or more than the month. And, and we've paid the consequences. And then on Chrysostomo, who has been quite criticized by, by us, I mean, I don't think he had that a bad game. Um, I think he played uh, better than Ginella, for example. Um, yeah, he got a yellow card, but you could feel like he, was, he knew that it was his chance and he was giving everything. Uh, we all know he doesn't have the quality to start for LAFC, at least yet. But, I mean, uh, he had some good tackles, some pass, passes that were uh, okay. For sure, he is not a Tuesta, and we miss him so much. I mean, when El Profe is back, I think um, our season is going to change, for sure, because Atuesta is a top-class player. But Crisostomo, I mean, he shouldn't be playing these type of games, so I wouldn't be so harsh. Uh, I wouldn't go so hard on him, because uh, he, he just shouldn't be there playing. And uh, then, yeah, as Leib said, I don't think I've ever seen four changes being uh, made at the same time. And then uh, Edwards came in as a striker. <laughs> Bro, I, I couldn't understand that. Why would you put uh, Edwards as a striker when he can't finish, he can't pass, he just runs? It didn't work out. He almost scored a goal. He kicked the the post, the top post, and... Uh, yeah, if he scored that goal, maybe we could have had a chance. And then Moose also had a clear chance uh, before coming out. He missed that sitter. Uh, Arango let, them, let him the ball, like, an easy tap in. He couldn't score, which has been our main problem this season and in the last games where we missed a lot of goals. And, uh, yeah, overall, uh, I mean... Like Moose said in the press conference, none of the guys were at their best. None of the guys were at the level required to play a game against um, San Jose on the road. So, yeah, it, it, if, if everything could go wrong, it went wrong. Right. No, it did. You're absolutely right. And, you know, I, I thought Jadella had, didn't have a horrible game. Um, I know a lot of people didn't see it that way, but I sort of like Janelle yeah. out there. To be honest with you, he that's, he became somebody up. that. But I can I can talk to I can talk to that. Um, you know, I'll let you finish it, but we we can talk a little bit about his performance. Why I thought I, I would disagree there. But go ahead. Go ahead. No, don't don't want to interrupt you. Like, no, I want you. I want to. I want to understand because that's that's a good point, right? This is where the the film and what you see may not agree with the numbers right and we we spent quite some time talking about this but um it's it's an interesting point about Janela and again I was going to make the same argument for Murillo because um you know I thought he did better than the other two on defense and he definitely has improved in that captaincy and I thought that was his better game mm. um and maybe I'm alone there <laughs> right yeah. but you know since you I think that's where you because I think it caused the same issue there good yeah, I, I think that's where you and I might disagree on that one. I, I see him as just out there. I don't know, man. He makes me nervous. Mario makes me nervous, you know. And um, I, I try to, like, 
I watch him and, and there's times that when I feel like he's just moving out of place where he shouldn't be. And then you see things get behind him and it seems like it always falls on everybody else and no one blames him for the mess up. But look, you're the numbers guy. You, you know yeah. more than I do. I'm just saying from the eye test, there's things about him that makes me nervous. And right. as far as Janela, like, again, you, you're going to have the numbers. But for me, I like how he works. Uh, right. He constantly is given 110%. Uh, yeah, not everything that he does. He might overrun a little bit sometimes or underperform, but I always feel like, you know, he has really crisp passes, man. And, um, you know, I like that. And, and I like players that give it their all. You know what I mean? Right. I, of course. Sometimes he's yeah. overworking. I think I definitely think sometimes he's overworking. And if he slowed mm-hmm. down a little bit, his game would be that much better. Um, but, I don't know when I see him. And when you're trying too hard, your numbers will be worse. A hundred percent. It's the Westbrook factor, right? Again, if you're Westbrook twice too hard, his numbers go crazy, you know, and it becomes a deviation, right? It could be good or bad. So I I know, I know what you mean. Exactly. And so the numbers can be deceiving. It does feel a little bit like since Altuesta hadn't been in the midfield that he's trying to take on that load. If that makes any sense. Well, and, and when a Twista, a Twista tries to do too much, which means like, oh, I'm going to be the best defensive thing I can be, and then also be the the anchor of the office to get get us in the long ball and, and the quick balls up. You know, that's when a Twista gets a little bit lost because he can't do everything. And I felt that Hinella was very ineffective defensively on his duels on the ground. Again, he was two for eleven. And again, some talk about numbers a little bit. He he had five fouls, and again, they were not really tactical fouls. I saw a couple of those where. No, they were sort of silly, and I believe he ended up with a with a you know he did not end up with a card. Chris Osama did, um, you know. And again, lost possession twenty one times throughout the game as a midfielder, a little bit too much. And then the one thing that I look for a midfielder, your accuracy, and he was under eighty percent of his passing, right? And for a guy of his caliber that that is being asked to be the Atuesta when the twist is not there, that's not good enough. You have to have numbers. You have, your passing has to be above eighty percent, unless half of those passes are going to be long passes. They're essentially prayers, right? But that's not his game, and that's not his game that he was playing. So again, he wasn't effectively on the in the offensive side of the ball. He didn't generate a lot of shots, and he was missing his passing. And and, and that's why I I really didn't see where he was fitting in this you know very quirky lineup. To be honest, that that Bob Bradley came up with. Meanwhile. Murillo was actually quite effective on the defensive side and where I believe that people don't like his style is what we talked about before where he comes out of you know his his comfort zone which is the box or the top of the box and and tries to come out as as almost like a sweeper uh, a Mascherano type guy that just feels like he's like a defensive midfielder but gets in trouble so I see that aspect of his game but you know I do believe that out of the three games that he was captain he was probably the that was probably his best game. You know, I don't believe Fall had a necessarily terrible game, but you know, Murillo and him definitely seem to be getting a little bit better of a sync. So it's like wait and see, so to speak, because it is a it is a line, right? And if you ever play defense in any level, uh, at that level, it, it's a line, and it has to be you know in sync with it. You have to be in sync with each other, and in a system that has wingers that don't necessarily are part of that line, but will be part of your defensive schema. I feel like that's where Bob Bradley has lost us because the variability of bodies in that back five, you know, wherever you want to put the wingers, it's just extreme. 
And that's where I do believe the subs have made a lot of sense and have been extremely ineffective. But didn't want to steer your thunder with with the you know, uh, but it was a good segue for the the Murillo comments because I, I I think that we each see the game a little bit different, and with Murillo, I, you know he's he's the he's as good as he's gonna get right now given where we are with our roster, you know, and and I don't know what that means, and it, it might not be a good thing. Right. No, I, I see what you're saying, Justin. Come on, man. Hey, yeah, I just wanted to um comment on the on the Janela thing as well as Chrysostomo for for me it was Chrysostomo's best game that he's played for us um not that that's saying very much but he the, my issue was what I would call a rotating six that Bob implemented where we didn't really know who was playing that six at at times it was Janela at times it was Chrysostomo and that and so the other one was just playing the eight when it, it was basically Wherever you found yourself on the field, that's where you played, which can work in a fluid front three or even uh, moving up the wing, up and down the wings. But it's problematic in a six because that's obviously we've been talking about the missing Atuesta. It's a big, big miss. And that's where he's been playing this year, even though um, when we move him to the eight, he gives us more offensive production. But it made it so that there was no certainty of who was there to play the defense and, and who was there to, you know, take charge in there. And so Mario had to do it a lot. And so I think that's why some people, you know, see it as a, as a better game for Mario because he, he was more involved in uh, defensively uh, stepping up, which is, which is what he's more comfortable with, which is why I've said that I think uh, Segura made him look better because Segura was in behind playing and, and sweeping up more where, uh, which allowed Maria to go forward. And so now he doesn't have that person as much. Fall's not really as great. I'm hoping Ibiaga can do it because he seems to um, be there at times. Um, but we'll see there. But as far as the rotating six, I mean, I think Bob needs to tell one of them that they're the six. It should be Janela, in my opinion. And I think that, that we'll see that when Atuesta comes back because if we can get a midfield of Janela, Atuesta, and Sifu... To me, that's our best midfield with Janela at the six because they're the most talented players that we're, we can put on together as well as it, the most comfortable in those positions. So right. that's what I'm hoping to see. Absolutely. Um, you know, quick quick comment on Murillo. I'm going to keep beating that drum. He had one of his best games statistically. You can ask me anything about that, uh, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. You know, in, in, versus the dribble, he was perfect three for three against the dribble. Six out of nine on pressures, which is 66%, above, twice above his average for the season. Uh, you know, and he really, he was all over the place and mostly in the defensive side of the ball. You know, very disciplined, two blocks, two block shots, which I've been praising for. Like, we nobody blocks shots on this team, and it's always open shots. Uh, seven clearances, no air. So, again, solid, solid game from him. I, I cannot blame the, the loss on him. I, I felt, however, that, SJE was finding way too much space, and as as Justin correctly said, so would essentially expose our defense to so many challenges, to so many pressures, right? That we the three the the back three had to basically come up with. And again, I put it on Hinella, and a good point saying that Chrysostomo did have a pretty good game. It wasn't his best game, but it was a better game than the last game, in my opinion. Um, LAFC dad, and then LAFC friends, you're next. So let's let's go, dad. 
What's up, fellas? How you guys doing? It's weird for me to say, well, let's go, Dad, but we're doing good. <laughs> right? Um, oh, God, that game, bro. So bad. But um, I don't know. I'm in, a, I'm, in, I'm in a space where right now I think – I think I have um, – I just don't know if they're – if I could be more disappointed with their performance of a team over 90 minutes. I understand that the lineup we put out was random at best. Um, I, I don't necessarily understand the, the, the Janela and, and Chris Ostomo pairing. They're both kind of slow-footed. Uh, Janela has shown some moments where he'll make that final pass, he'll kind of break a line – and and kind of flash but but for the most part just from a guy who doesn't understand necessarily the x's and o's like some of you they're just really boring together and our midfield just seems to get completely eaten up um uh from a defensive standpoint when we got those two next to each other there's no one to cover any ground um i i, I don't understand why he why why he didn't play latif blessing in that game at all um especially when especially when that first half was so poor, was so poor. You you give up that goal in the third minute and there was just nothing from the team, no real effort or fight. I mean, there was maybe one or two decent buildups the entire game. It was just, it lacked such uh, imaginativeness. This beautiful game that Bob has had, had us playing for 24 months. It's been gone for the better part of two years. And this is my biggest part. This is my biggest issue with the team. Look, Vela is, you know, was, was great for two years and now he's made of porcelain, right? So we, we, we can't seem to keep him on the field. He does us no good on the sideline. Then now you got the same issue with Rodriguez. We've sold Rossi. <clears throat> the biggest thing that just eats at me is the team played with such lack of passion. I mean, I know you're you're on the road, but San Jose, even with us only being allowed 100 tickets, is a home game. Their fans are pathetic. There's no volume. I went to that game last month, but the team just looked like they didn't give a shit. It was it was it was it was. Uh, I just I couldn't understand it. It's it's by far to me understanding where we're at from a playoffs perspective, understanding where we're at from an injury perspective understanding all of those things, right? The, 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 the issues that we've continued to have from a, from just a general energy perspective, it was, it just, to me, I'm just like, this is the season. Like they're done. It felt like the team just kind of laid down. You didn't see anybody stand out even in the slightest. And then the thing that has me probably, leaning hard on the whole Bob out, John out, both out, whatever is just this. It's, it's the same things. Even in 2019, we were kicking ass. The games we lost were because of set pieces and, and stupid mental mistakes. Like, like the inability to build a team with any type of mental fortitude absolutely kills me. It kills me. There's, there's no mental strength in this team because we just give goals away. Like we constantly, every game, we just like to give goals away. And and it hasn't been corrected in four years. It's still a common, common thing. So um, it doesn't matter how good Bob gets us playing offensively if we're just going to piss away goals every fucking week. And I just can't do it anymore. It's I, I'm just at a spot where, you know, um, 
from a passion perspective, I just wish that the team gave what the fans did. And I'm just not seeing that. That's very true. I mean, it's, it's very, very true. Um, we, we were joking about it, me and you. Like, it's, it is hard to... When you support, when you have a family and you, you make sure that you're home and you're supporting all the time and you're hurt more than the players look like they're hurt, bro, it, it sort of weighs on you a little bit, right? Like, you, you find yourself being like, what the heck am I doing right now? How am I so, like, affected by this, you know? And it's... um. It's a weird situation to watch a team go through the ups and downs that this team has went through. And I mean, look, we all support other clubs and it, it happens. But it is strange when you have years that we had in 18 and 19. And yet, you know, as uh, Celso said, you can't really uh, compare anything to 2020 because it was such a weird year. So you wouldn't expect this year to be so bad after you had those good years before. You know what I mean? It's just it's well, just last twenty was a mask, right? Which I thought it was. You know, Bell was like, oh, I'm just not gonna, I'm gonna sit this one out, right? Which is right to do it, right? But twenty twenty was a mask for a lot of the problems we're seeing today, because as many of us believe, you know, these are reoccurring problems that are beyond this season. You know, it's and yep. the Rodriguez. Well, and that's right. look. That's that's the part that bothers me the most, right? Is all these like like Vince and everybody? Oh, it was such a bad performance by the players. You can't put that on the coach. I look. I understand that, man. I've played on teams where you just play down to the level of competition, and and you catch an L that you don't expect. It happens to everybody. It happens in the MLS every season with the best teams. Seattle's probably dropped some points this year. I mean, hell, we whipped Kansas City's ass. You know, they're looking at that like, what happened to us that game, right? Like, we're their dropped game where they didn't show up. But for our guys, it's the same thing. It's constant. It's never been corrected. From a, from a roster standpoint, um, I think Celso, you were talking about like like moving away some of these veterans and not bringing some 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 yeah, guys like you know in that have that have experience. Well, and not just Ramirez, not there. just Win. You know, he he played five games. He didn't play a lot, but like you know, and again, we have Harvey, but Harvey. I don't know. Harvey was the oldest guy in 2019, and Harvey's still there. Yeah, 2018, he was the oldest guy on our on our friend on our on our first right, season. But beyond Harvey, you know, we the, the the brain drain of Los Angeles Football Club is between Betashur and Zelaya. You know, the guys that Zelaya doesn't count. Like Zelaya is a bad example. I'm just going through the roster. Ramirez for sure. You know, some of these guys that 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 really made a difference for us. And 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 you, and again, the the leadership is lacking. Because they're either injured or they've left, and or and we we haven't been able to develop new leaders. Well, dude, we guys, remember you remember when Tomas Romero was on? We asked him about leadership, and he pointed to Jordan Harvey, yeah. and 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 that's great and all, but that was a major red flag for me. I'm like, really, the dude who doesn't play? Jordan like, what about on the field? What about the what? A, but what about the? I understand that, but nobody brings up Vela. When we talk about leaders, yeah. this is the dude that, like, if we if we swap him out for like a, for like a two million dollar DP, we immediately go to like twelfth in the league in payroll. Like he's our payroll. Yes. He's it. 
And he presents a major, major issue for us from not only the leadership side, but now from the health side. The dude's brittle, man. He's brittle. He, he can't stay healthy. It's two years in a row. And you can't blame the, the COVID season. I mean, I mean, he, he, he sat out for obvious reasons with his wife and, and kid. I get it. I would do that too. But but from a, from a grand perspective, I have never been from, from, from zero to 90. I have never been in a situation where I just found myself going, yo, this team is, is given up. Like it felt like that almost right from the kick. They had that first little buildup in the minute. They had that first little buildup. And then once they gave that goal up, it was yeah. over. There was no ideas. There was no passion. The guys they subbed in, none of them made any sense. The second goal was like, like somebody said, ASO stuff, like, uh, bro, I watched my eight year old's game just yesterday on Sunday. And I, I swear to God, they gave up a goal just like that. They didn't clear the ball. They had a kid who literally, instead of clearing it wide, kicks it like straight to the 18 and someone's sitting there and puts it in. I'm like, Hey, don't be too hard on them. LAFC just did that yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what's happening. You know, Mamadou, you're asking someone that is that young to be the pivotal person and carry the team. Very few young people have that that capacity at this point. And and if they are, they're not playing, you know, in MLS anymore. They're they're out of here. So you can see what's happening. It's very clear. You know, we're going to catch some W's at home, and we're going to have fun. We're going to spill beer on each other because that's what we do. We're LAFC fans. Look, I hope so, man. I hope I hope so because we've we've we look look, I, I, I am I am past a point where I have even a shred of confidence that this team will make the playoffs. I hope they do. There's a part of me in the back of my mind that's like, you know, doing the math. Oh, it could happen, it could happen. But but if you had to ask me right now, dollars to donuts, do I think we'll get there? The answer is an unequivocal no. Because of what I saw at San Jose. San Jose has beat us four straight times, guys. Not tied, beat us. That team is terrible. They haven't even been anywhere sniffing the playoff line for the last three years. Our team has gotten progressively worse. I've known guys, like, every time you go back in the four games and notice that the difference makers are always different people. You know, they're not the same. They 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 give up, like, four goals, five goals, three goals. We couldn't score once on them. Once. What does that tell you? It's just either they're getting up for us. Or we're playing absolutely down horribly. Yeah, I know we're missing DPs, but look, Brian Rodriguez isn't going to make Mario or Fall or anyone pull their heads out of you know what. That's not going to happen. So uh, in in reality, there is just a lack of consistency in our back line. There's a lack of 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 real idea on the pitch. It just seems very plotting, like this this this. You know, uh, you know, Bob always talks about ideas. Oh, we need better uh, f- ideas with the ball in the final third, so on and so forth. Well, in, in reality, I'm okay with less ideas if the defense is tight, but they're not. We know that they're they're literally handing goals out all season for the last for really for the last 24 months. I mean, it happened all through the COVID year too. So, you know, look, they, they they've got a they've got a small chance to to qualify for the playoffs. They're going to have to pull off one big win. They're right. going to have to pull off one big win. We're going to need help. And and in reality, I'm just, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not really sure that we have the horses to do it right now. And I don't necessarily think that this team is 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 playing in a fashion where, I mean, there's just 11 guys on that pitch. And at, at sometimes it just doesn't feel that way at all. These guys feel like, like they're, 
they're all one like like you know like like it's the first time ever played like, like that's how it feels. Yeah, I, I hear. Yeah, you. there's and no there's it. no rhythm that flow that the team has always had. It's not there. Well, it's just not yeah, there. Yeah, and comparing to a guy like Judson, right? Because I mean, I'm again, I'm looking at these stats here, and then we'll, we'll open up for Eric to see you join here, and we want to get his thoughts. Well, we gotta let like, French. Talk. We gotta let. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I don't want to mess up here, but I want to just bring up Judson, which is their defensive midfielder. That if you go back in those four games, you know he scored against us in the last game. And he was just a defensive monster. Twelve out of sixteen ground duels. And I just read you guys the, you know, the Hinella numbers, and they're they're laughable compared to this defensive midfielder numbers. You know, he's always there. He's always clearing the ball, tackling, and just being disruptive, and 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 giving the defense like Nathan Cardozo and and Osvaldo Osvaldo Olanis like the total, uh, you know, uh, security they need right to keep their goalie safe. Right. The defense in, in, in football, right, it starts in the midfield. And I've always said that we do not have natural defensive midfielders that can close out and, and, and tackle fast. We are a high press team. And if the high press doesn't work, we are in trouble. And it's, you know, we're always in trouble on the road. It never works. I don't know why, you know, but if you look at our, again, away record, way worse. And I believe it's because we don't know how to high press on the road. In, 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 in the bank, we do it better. Simple as that. No, it's very true. Uh, so right now we're going to get into France, and then Eric will come to you, and then we'll get to the other guys. So bonjour et bienvenue. Merci beaucoup for joining us today. Um, so I sent you a couple of questions to ask you, uh, you know, what, what you thought about what's going on with the club. And uh, so, yeah, what do you think happened uh, in the San Jose game? Uh, hi, um, I speak in French, uh, but my English is very bad. Uh, That's okay. LFC, how I uh, traduce uh, uh, my uh, text. Donc, uh, pour le niveau de jeu affiché à, à, à San José Rosé, euh, c'est à l'image de, de la saison, je trouve. Euh, on n'a pas été bon, euh, que ce soit en défense, euh, on a manqué euh, d'agressivité, de leadership, comme euh, tout le long de l'année. Devant, euh, on n'est euh, toujours pas capable de, de convertir, mal malheureusement. Ça fait... Euh, ça fait six mois que le, le championnat a commencé. On doit avoir 17 tirs pour marquer. Donc, euh, c'est pas normal, je, je, je pense. Euh, le match, euh, on, on perd les playoffs euh, sur ce match. Euh, moi, je pense que maintenant, il faut finir la saison euh, euh, avec honneur et ça passera par... Euh, par une victoire contre, contre Los Angeles Galaxy dans le derby et ne pas perdre une, une troisième fois contre, contre Portland et essayer de, de trouver une solidité défensive qu'on n'a toujours pas trouvé parce que Murillo c'était sympa au début mais aujourd'hui, euh, le garçon, il ne met, euh, met pas un pied euh, l'un devant l'autre. Donc, euh, donc euh, voilà, il donc faut vite trouver euh, quelqu'un à sa place. Euh, 
bon, le petit fall euh, est, est intéressant, mais bon, il nous, il nous cale une petite erreur euh, lors du dernier match. Et j'aimerais aussi parler du recrutement de Blackman. Je ne comprends pas euh, pourquoi. Je trouve que Romero euh, fait euh, très bien le taf euh, avec la défense euh, qu'il a actuellement. Oui, oui, merci. Um, so he said that um, this is, is that San Jose, uh, the, the game reflected of what the season has been. Uh, lack of aggression, bad to convert, bad to defend, a lack of leadership. He said that um, if we go to the playoffs, we're surely not going, you know, we're going to lose. Uh, so he thinks that we need to end uh, the season with honor. And it will mean a victory against the Carson and, uh, you know, not to lose a third against Portland and to try to offer um, a satisf uh, you know, satisfactory as far as uh, the defensive play. Uh, but that uh, he thinks that uh, the, the moment is um, too uh, complicated uh, when you see um, Mario and that, uh, you know, He likes the players. Um, he feels like the players are too weak and that the recruitment of black men, um, he is hard for him to understand. Um, so the second question would be, uh, so what do you think, uh, what do you think has changed since 2019 um, for this club? And uh, do you, do you think that uh, John uh, JT or Bob uh, should be to blame? And do you think they should be in or out? Euh, ce qui a changé depuis euh, 2019, euh, bah, c'est qu'on avait un Carlos Vela euh, au top, 36 buts, euh, il me semble, sur la saison. Donc euh, déjà, euh, c'est énorme, parce qu'à à, l'heure actuelle, euh, euh, personne dans l'équipe n'a plus de 10 buts. Bon, on a Aran Arango, Arango qui... qui qui nous plante euh, pas mal de, de buts depuis qu'il est arrivé, mais euh, bon, il est là depuis euh, quoi un mois et demi maintenant. Donc euh, voilà. Euh, on avait euh, une, une défense correcte. Et euh, cette défense, putain, elle, elle avait envie, quoi. Parce que là, j'ai l'impression en fait de, de voir des. des euh, des U15, des, des jeunes, en fait, euh, euh, jouer, quoi. Parce que ça... Enfin, on manque d'une agressivité, mais c'est incroyable, en fait. Donc, pour lui, la responsabilité pour la situation est les joueurs. Il dit que, oui, Bob a partie de la responsabilité, mais que les joueurs n'ont pas fait le travail sur le terrain. And um, so the choices are very questionable. And then when it comes to in 2019, what he feels is different is um, he says that uh, it's the lack a very high level, you know, 36 goals, he believes, and they um, the defense in exchange. So they lack a, a desire Um is how he puts it. They, they, the little, you know, the defense lacks desire this year uh, compared to 2019. Um, merci, merci beaucoup.
really appreciate you showing up and, and chatting with us. And uh, it's an open forum, so anything that you have to say, you're, you're more than welcome to jump in at any time. Uh, it's, it's nice to have fans uh, to chat with in France and everywhere else. And I've enjoyed chatting with you and getting to know you. And uh, like I told you, anytime that you want to come on here, you're always you're always welcome. Eric? Thanks. Yep. Yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah, that, man, that was uh... – I, that was some really good takes from LAFC France. Um, how are you guys doing? I just I just got back from the weekend, so my my brain's a little bit fried. So make it kind of short. So a couple things, you know, I, I I've been loving listening to a lot of the the takes on it, and I kind of have the same question when we were out there. It's like, what's what style does our team really play anymore? And you know, we used to play a high press. Our high presses have not really worked at all. Neither do our midfielders work, and Looking at the players we have, I'm, I'm disappointed in a lot of their performances as well. And, you know, I kind of just think all of the above is failing right now. Even with a twist out, we had no vocal leader on the field, which we really didn't have. But when we did have our nice run, you know, we all saw a twist that's starting to step up and be more of a leader. Talking about Vela and Vela's large $6 million a year highest paid player in the league salary he really hasn't played on the team consistently for two years now, you know, 2020, he missed a bunch of the MLS's back, you know, and then he was injured for most of the season and he's been injured for most of the season this year. And so I, I agree. It's just such, we, we can't, we can't fire that way when we have that much money parked off of the field, you know, for such a consistent period of time as we have. So I think the back line is a huge problem. And, you know, I, I think the off season, this team just needs to get gutted out completely, I think, and kind of start over, you know, um, with a, a new coach probably, or with Bob or Bob goes to Cincinnati, which I saw thrown out there today, which probably, probably could happen. So, you know, kind of, kind of just going through it like everybody else, do we make the playoffs or not? I, I am also a no. I don't think we make the playoffs. I think it's possible we get lucky, but you know, it's maybe, maybe a 25% chance we make the playoffs at this point. So we're going to need a lot of help. You know, do I want them to make the playoffs? I want them to make the playoffs just because it makes the post like the off season one week shorter. You know, I can watch a game at like, instead of stopping at November 7th, I get to watch another game around November 15th and then, and then that's it. But um, yeah, so my thoughts, Sam Jose was really disappointing. Nobody cares out there. It seems, I mean, they, I'm, they care, but at the same time they got outplayed Almeida. That's what he does. He creates mismatches and our roster is such a poor quality right now that San Jose won all their individual battles and our guys, our guys just kind of floundered around. So um, it was nice in the press conference for the first time to see Bob say, you know, something to the effect of, you know, the fans don't deserve this. It's the first time I've heard him say that. And it was at least kind of nice, nice to see it. But at the same time, you know, uh, maybe he goes to Toronto and uh, coaches his son again. Maybe that's something that happens. So um, not super optimistic with the rest of the season, but I'll be there on, on uh, Wednesday and to watch them play Portland who just won six to one is very physical team. Our team does not play very physically. So, you know, that's kind of, 
I guess that's kind of all, all I got before I ramble on too much more. Good points there. Uh, so th- it's interesting. Do you feel that the home stand that we have, uh, if we go ahead and do what we've been doing and winning at home, and do you does it change your uh, outlook on the season and where we're going to end up? I think that we play so inconsistently right now that I'm kind of not surprised if we win and I'm not surprised if we lose. I really have no idea. You know, I, I could see us beating Portland at home and I could see us losing, you know, I, it's just so hard to tell with this team anymore, what they're going to do. They're just not consistent. Yeah. Well, cause I, that's where I am. You know, I'm like, okay, so if we come back and beat Portland at home soundly and beat San Jose at home soundly, and then all of our starters start coming back and we put a little run together and all of a sudden we have a chance, you know, does it change the out the, the outlook? Because it's really easy to look at it right now where things are falling apart. The roster is really thin and, and we're looking at a, uh, like the, the latest, the last birth, if at best. Right. But it, it seems to me that we're so home dependent that you put a couple of wins together and all of a sudden you get, galaxy distracted and in, 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 in a bad you know in a bad form in bad form and all of a sudden you have a three game winning streak uh anchored by these two home games so it's it's possible to change things around and and and, and honestly this is the most up and down team that i've ever followed definitely AFC, <laughs> right because one month you think it's over the other month you're like oh my god here we go we're back right yeah that um, that's true and i mean You've seen all the time in sports, like a team suddenly has their back up against the wall and they just turn into a, into a monster that nobody can deal with. You know, it, it happens. Yeah. But at the same time, I look at the pitch and I look at the guys and that's kind of what I was saying. I just don't know what to expect anymore out of this team. Like who's going to show yeah. up Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde or Mr. I don't care. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. So just to, just sum it up. So we have Portland at home, LA galaxy at whatever that is uh, home for San Jose. And that's all in like essentially 50, yeah, two weeks. And then we're away at Dallas and Minnesota, your home Six. state. And then we're back at home for Seattle, which could be a huge game. And then Vancouver at home again, and then the big one, right? Mark Anthony K on the road against the Colorado Rapids. So that's that's all we got. Yeah. And if we could win our home games, four wins would likely get us at essentially that fringe spot right there at the eighth, you know, at the seventh spot, right around the eighth, you know, or between the two, right? And can we push it through in any of these away games? I look at the Dallas game, perhaps. Minnesota's a well-coached team with a really good goalie. I don't know if we can do it, but there is a road. And that's why I've been saying don't give up yet. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think we could totally go on a run, you know. Before San Jose, I looked, our our um, our points average per game was like 1.23, if I remember correctly. And we had eight yeah. games to go, which put us at 10.5 points, you know, finishing this last stretch. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our team, our team, can, we could win out the season like – and I – I would be like, yeah, it makes sense. We have some great talent in the roster. If Vela comes back, like, you know, it could it could happen. But um, mm-hmm. you know, so we can we can win every game we have coming up, but we just don't know who's gonna show up. But I mean, I won't be surprised. Yeah, and we don't even know who's healthy, which has been my frustration yeah. with this league. Yeah, it's it's extremely frustrating to not know and then players would show up and not even be available like uh, like Rodriguez. Like we just don't know what's going on at times and 
it, it leads to almost like a, a in my mind it's just a, it's like it, the league's just not professional enough to have a, you know good policy around injury reporting you know and, and it impacts everyone again it, I was in Vegas and you want to bet on games but you don't know who's going to start there's zero predictability on who your starting 11 is going to be because you don't even know who's hurt so you know you can't bet you can't place bats because I'm like I ain't betting on this team I don't know who's going to start and thank God I didn't because you saw who started hopefully, it was not hopefully the right that's something that they wind up changing uh you know this is something I, they have we we need we need to know who's hurt and who's not before it's like the game the day before whatever you know so so yeah real quick yeah well first of all i just wanted to sorry if there's noise in the background i just um i just first of all i don't i agree on the no playoff thing but um i just want to say on the on the like motivation and leadership aspect first of all i think the, the passion and versus the leadership is two different things like the leadership on the field because we know we don't have that but as far as the passion we don't have it because that's that's mainly why I'm Bob out. It's not the tactics. We know he he can do tactics. Sometimes he'll make good substitutions. Sometimes he'll put out a tactically smart lineup. Sometimes he won't. But the the passion is gone, and that's why I believe he's lost the locker room. But to me, like that's on that's fully on Bob. The passion is is meant. And uh, Eric said we saw him say it in the uh, post game. We saw we've seen a couple players say it over the past month. We saw Musovski say it after this past game. Um, but it's it's gone, and that's a Bob problem. And the re- the example I'll give to prove it's a Bob problem is one of, in my opinion, one of the best managers in the world, Marcelo Bielsa. What he did when he got to Leeds was it, it hit home for me when um, Hawaii said some, the players don't realize what we do to to go out of our way and watch these games and and spend the money to go to these games. It's it's like he when he got to Leeds, he before the before the training. He had all of his players for three hours picking up garbage around the stadium so that they would learn what what a, a fan does to earn enough money to go to their games so that they would have the passion to play for them. That, that's all I have. Oh, that's all you had? You just ended you just end it like that? I mean, I was like, you were getting it, and then that was just it. <laughs> was that not good? Was that not good? No, that's, I like no, that. it was great. I was, I was is a great example, and cleaning up houses is the way to go. <laughs> yeah, that's Be- – Yeah, well, that's, you see, you, and he, he does his – well, I'd love I'd love if we did Bielsa murder ball too, but that's that's a whole different – that's the tactical No, but, no, but you, know what, you, have, you have a great – you do have a great post, and he, he really did um, – He the way he came into Leeds was – I don't know if you guys, I, I've mentioned it before. I don't know if y'all have ever seen that documentary. It's worth watching. It has yeah, two fantastic it documentary. Is, it really is. And that man, that it man is. came in there and completely changed the culture there. And it was, um, but it, it's just a, it's just a great watch. I highly recommend everyone to go ahead, uh, watch it. Go ahead, Justin. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say well, that, that example I gave, it's important because if, if for those of you who don't watch the Premier League, who don't know Leeds, they are, in my opinion, well, arguably the, the hardest working team in the world, definitely the Premier League. They they run more than anybody. They run up and down the field all for 90 minutes straight, and it's not a problem for them. That's why I mentioned Murder Ball. Murder Ball is just a, a little game they do in training, which prepares them to be able to run up and down the field for 90 minutes for no problem, which I know that uh, Foot has been saying we have a problem with all year with our fitness, um, which is, again, on Bob. But, yeah, I mean, they're the hardest working team. You, They will work their ass off for their team. If I may add something, um, if I, I just jumped on the on the wagon on the bandwagon, like kind of late right now, 
Um, but I'm assuming you guys are talking about Bob Bradley and if he's in or out and why like the why the team hasn't been performing the way that they are. I mean, this is what we've been talking Absolutely. about the whole year. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, particularly against 2019, right? And the evolution of the roster and yeah. kind of where we are today. The thing is, for me and my and my belief, because I, I jumped on um, LAFC Sin Filtro's um, uh, spaces on Friday, and I told them straight up, like, everybody, I think, was, like, hyped up that we were going to spank the Smurfs and this, this, and that. And I was like, look, guys, don't be, don't be too confident that we're going to beat them because I, I honestly see them we're going to lose. And I mean, I hate to say it, but I saw them lose, and 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 you could just see it from the from the physical standpoint. Everybody running, I felt like everybody was stuck in mud. Like they were just running a little bit too slow. They they were like reckless on the defense, and, you know. And then and then Maria with this whole like I, I'm saying, I was telling them, I think I was messaging him, and I was like telling them, you know what, man, you could see the team really falling falling apart, man, from like the day one when Bella got got into it with Bob over the the sub out. Then you have uh, Atuesta and all of them getting at Moon, you know, and then now you got Edwards with uh, Murillo. So it's 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 a uh, it's like the team is crumbling from within. But the way I see Bob Bradley, I mean, I don't know the guy. I've never been in those trainings, but from watching those little documentaries that I have seen, that guy seems like, you know, like it's either his way or the highway. He's a roughneck, you know, type of dude. You can't tell him shit. You know, he's like a stubborn old dude. You know what I mean? And I feel like it gets to people like eventually, like Brian Rodriguez got fed up with that shit. He left. And Diego Rossi was probably feeling the same way too. You know, he probably started hating uh, Bob Bradley breathing down his neck and all that shit. So, you know, I'm pretty sure it got to him until he like left. And then now you you see the you see the evolution with um San Jose. We that guy that that team used to be like at the bottom of the barrel every year until this dude um Almeida came and you know and he showed them more compassion, more more um, you know, they would die for him, you know, in a sense, you know, not not that they would like really die for him, but you know, they they sweat, they rather they 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 work hard for that guy. And I think that that's what we need, man, right now. We need a coach that's, like, to get on their level, show a little bit more human compassion, be more understanding, you know, try to get into the element of, like, reading their minds, re- reading them, like, perfectly. Because the way I see Bob Bradley is like, man, if you ain't hacking it, then what the fuck are you doing here in my team, you know? It's very true. It's true. And, you know, the thing is, uh, but we also were just talking about in general, what, what, it, what do you feel has changed since 2019 to this team now? Like, what do you feel like we're missing? Is it, do you put it all on Bob or do you find that it's JT also or just the guys just underperforming all the way around? When you're ready, I was just going to provide some context in like the, the San Jose earthquakes and how much they, so they brought in since Almeida came in. You know, he, he's really putting a, a roster together. More recently, they picked up someone from, uh, from the Portland Timbers, which, is now just an addition to their offense, and but they've really renovated their roster entirely. You know, bringing a lot of caliber like Abe Cassis, uh, which was a free transfer from Libertad. Um, you know, an excellent right back, um, which has given us a lot of troubles, particularly in the past game. Javier Lopez, which has been excellent as well uh, from Chivas. You know, everybody knows him. Uh, but he's also have given us a little bit of trouble. So again, it's it's sizing the players and the market and going after talent and 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 building your roster from the middle up. You know, everyone can go find DPS, and we're all gonna develop youth. That is part of the game. 
You know, some do better than others, and that's understandable. DPs can be good, you know, and, and sometimes they sit on benches. But the middle of your roster, that's the hard work. It's a lot of scouting. It's a lot of will this person fit the, the you know, the, the, the coaching uh, style, right? And, and, and this is where I believe JT and Bob are not in the same page. And that may be the issue, right? It's not that Bob is a bad coach or JT is a bad GM. They just are not able to communicate their needs with each other, right? Let's look at the Segura injury. Segura goes down, a pivotal player on his defense that has been on his roster for three years. And again, I've said that in the last episode. It was poorly um, you know, replaced. We found Ibeaga, this fringe roster person that was all across the country. So we didn't really have a lot of experience with him and he was the savior that was going to replace a guy that has been a three-year starter for us and that's what we're going to do and and all of a sudden we're going to be good again so i don't understand if we just don't know that they've already decided that this is going to be a transition of a season and we're really not going to pay a lot of attention to what happens low expectations right or you know it just just fell apart on us because the two of them just can't seem to work well together and and that is so I replacing both at the same time, forget it. It's not gonna happen. It's gonna be a situation where one goes, uh, you know, and, and who goes first, and then the other may stay or not, right? And it's happened both ways. It could be the coach goes first, uh, GM stays, like it's happened in Atlanta, or it can be what happened in Cincinnati where they, they sacked the GM first and then, you know, a month later the coach didn't do it and then now he's gone, right? Could he could be as uh Bob could be as good of his chances for the playoffs. It seems to me that the uh, as these teams kind of get closer to elimination, they're letting their 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 coaches go. So it could it could be very close. Right. Um, and again, Joe, are you back? Um, so we have Bruno you in here. Yeah. Bruno is actually from Brazil. So, so, so yeah, what's so, up, Bruno? So we'll have to translate. Um, and, and, yeah. Uh, let's let's hear what he thinks. Absolutely. So Bruno, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just open up in Portuguese with him. You know, some of you that speak Spanish may understand. I'll ask him a couple questions and he will reply, and I'll just do the same thing as Hawaii did. But Bruno, é, prazer em, em finalmente tê-lo aqui no nosso programa. Se você quiser, você pode tirar o seu seu microfone do mute e falar um pouquinho com a gente. É, primeiramente, agradeço você ser fã de longe lá do Brasil, né? E, mas e sei que você sempre assiste os jogos do, do LAFC e estamos falando hoje das diferenças do, do, do time de 2019 para 2021. O que você acha que mudou e, e, e as razões pelas quais não temos o sucesso que, que tínhamos antes? Olá Celso, primeiramente boa noite, obrigado pelo boa espaço, noite. é uma honra estar aqui com vocês. Infelizmente, não sei falar inglês, mas que bom que tem o Celso aqui para traduzir. Vamos falar da, do Los Angeles, né? Que é o nosso amado Los Angeles FC. Sempre que possa aqui acompanhar. Infelizmente, não tem todos os jogos, né? Mas sempre dá um jeitinho aqui que a gente consegue usando a VPN. Um recurso que a gente tem, dá para assistir aí é, no YouTube. Cara, 2019 foi um sonho, né? para todos nós. Infelizmente, batemos ali na trave com o Seattle Saldes. E diferente de agora, o time mudou bastante, né? Por mais que algumas peças tenham saído. Eu acho que o maior erro do time foi a venda do Zirmeman. A gente não era para ter vendido um zagueiro como ele. Quem conhece a MLS aqui no Brasil tem uma grande admiração por esse zagueiro, porque 
Ele é um grande zagueiro, ele é um zagueiro diferenciado. Muitos aqui queriam ele como zagueiro. E eu creio eu que o maior erro do time, do, tanto do Bob como do John, foi ter deixado esse cara sair. É uma peça fundamental. Yeah. Em relação agora, o time está totalmente mudado para 2019, não é o mesmo, né? Eu posso dizer que desde que ele saiu, essa caída foi, foi vindo repentina, né? 2020 também não foi lá essas coisas, batemos na trave na final contra o Tigres. E agora estamos vivendo aí a nossa primeira crise, podemos dizer assim, na equipe. O time fez até contratações boas no começo da temporada. Trouxe o Kim Mohan, que é um zagueiro, é um lateral muito bom. Eu andei acompanhando ele na Liga Coreana. É diferenciado, sempre vem sendo convocado. Trouxemos também o Eduardes. Eu não gosto muito dele, mas... <risos> Para falar bem, hold your thoughts. A gente vai falar do Edwards. Let me let me translate to the group. Hold on, espera só um pouquinho, Bruno. So Bruno is a huge fan. He, he unfortunately not all the MLS games are are in Brazil right now. But you know, anytime he has a chance, he does watch LAFC. His he call it a beloved LAFC. You know, he he really is a a passionate fan. And again, that we've been talking about how the team has reached really a, a milestone in that way. Um, you know, as far as 2019 goes. You know, he, he he said that we hit the post and that we should have beat the Sounders and 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 won that won that game and 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 made it a better year. But you know, it didn't happen. And ever since, you know, we seem to have never recovered from the Walker Zimmerman sale. And it's something that I brought up, and many of you have as well. That in Brazil, which is a, a very established soccer uh, football market, that you know it, he's seen as a, an elite defender that many in Brazil would, would urge to want him playing for the team, and yet we just let him go essentially for a, for a bag of potatoes, you know, like, and it, let him go. So he's very disappointed. And as far as 2021 goes, he thought that there were good transfers that came into the team. He he believes, like, Moon One, for example, is, is, a, is a complete player, someone that was uh, playing, you know, regularly for South Korea, um, you know, but and then we stopped a little bit at the at, at Raheem Edwards, which I know, uh, and this is going to be the, my second question for you, Bruno. I know you've been pretty critical of Raheem and how he's utilized, and, and you don't believe he fits the you know the the mold of his team. Uh, you know, so what do you attribute this season's um, you know lack of success? You know, if you were to blame some people, you know, who do you feel is responsible for this complete? Uh, you know, breakdown that happened in 2019. So, let me translate the question to him. Uh, a pergunta para você, Bruno, é o seguinte. De, de todos os problemas que temos, dos jogadores, né? Você falou do Raheem Edwards. Qual é, é de, se você tivesse que pôr a culpa em alguém, em quem você colocaria a culpa? É do Bob? É do JT? É do, dos jogadores? Quais são os jogadores que você acha que são responsáveis por essa crise que você, que você falou? Bem, Celso, é, se a gente for analisar, a gente pode dividir essa culpa em vários pontos, né? Creio eu que a maioria da porcentagem seja no Bob, né? Ele que organiza o time, ele que escolhe, ele não mantém uma formação é, fixa. A gente pode notar que ele sempre muda. Um dos erros que, na minha opinião, ele fez nessa última rodada foi não ter começado com o Duque como titular. A gente viu o potencial do garoto contra o Sport Kansas City, jogando do Bank. E o garoto joga muito. Eu acho que essa culpa é muito dividida. O John Torrington, não sei como é que vocês falam, acho que mais ou menos assim. 
Thornton, yes. É, ele tem sim uma culpa, né? Porque ele não soube usar bem o mercado. A gente nota pelas contratações, os erros que ele tomou, juntamente também com o Bob. O Bob precisa de peças. Eu não vou dizer que o Bob é um ruim, é um técnico ruim. Ele é um técnico bom. A gente viu que em 2018 a gente quebrou recordes, quebramos recordes mais ainda em 2019, mas só que nessa temporada nós não temos jogadores qualificados de alto nível. A nossa maior estrela está contudida e a maioria da responsabilidade está dividida em todos. E também vendemos o Rossi, né? infelizmente. Então a culpa, na minha opinião, é, Celso, é dividida. né? Tanto nos jogadores que não estão conseguindo manter uma estabilidade de desempenho, o John Torrington também, por não saber contratar e vendendo peças importantes. Eu gostava do por mais que eu tivesse raiva às vezes dele, mas ele era uma peça fundamental. Concordo. Good question. Ok, so to translate, I, first of all, I want to thank you very much. Agradeço muito, Bruno, pela sua participação aqui. Sempre, sempre venha e entre. Uh, but again, just was thank you, Bruno, for uh, for your time here. And basically, the question, as you guys, uh, as I as I said, was what has changed and and who has who has the blame, right? Who has the blame and how do you assign the blame? You know, and if he basically said if it was a pie, you know, it's, we would have to divide it in multiple slices. And you can't really put it in just one person. You know, Bob certainly has some some of it to blame because he hasn't been able to stick with one formation and find the best 11. And he's constantly making mistakes to start the game with the right 11. Uh, he used the example of not starting Bryce Duke, which showed his potential against uh, SKC and, and then was held back on the road. Uh, over these next three games, you know, he just doesn't understand how this works. And he also blames JT in the front office by what he says in quote unquote, not knowing to how to operate the market, operate the free transfer market. And I agree with him on that as well, because even though we sold Rossi, he may have been too late in middle of the season. And that might have actually tainted, you know, the season a little bit and how the players react to it. And then the replacements are basically not at the caliber of what we currently expect from LAFC of the record setting seasons that we had in 2018 and 2019. And now, you know, we're hoping that these very youth core and the likes of Raheem Edwards are going to save us, you know, and, and put us in the playoffs and in a position to beat the Sounders and such. So, you know, again, uh, it's amazing to see how far the team goes and, and, and the fact that we have, you know, heads like Bruno, there are, you know, analysts, for uh you know mls already in other countries with more mature markets um you know and we get the same feedback from people in italy uh, a little bit on instagram uh you know we have a couple of accounts of very passionate people that are following these players right and are looking for lafc as the marquee team you know that that all the players want to go play for so you know again i want to thank you so much bruno for uh you know uh being uh kind to talk to us that was awesome uh And again, back to you, Hawaii, and then we'll keep going here on bringing more people no, to talk to us. I just want to say thank you to all you guys. Uh, France is about to leave. Merci beaucoup. Um, uh, I appreciate you coming and joining us, man. It was really nice chatting with you, and we look forward to having you back on here. Bon nuit. I know it's late there. You got to get to sleep. So, uh, you know, uh, for school, but it was really nice. And Bruno, thank you very much for coming and joining us, man. I know both of you guys have been writing me for a while, and I told you. It's always an open forum for anyone who wants to speak. 
we we don't discriminate against anyone and, and the fact that you guys are in brazil and in france and chatting with us about this club um means a lot to me it shows where the, that this club is doing the right things now we just need to do the right things on the pitch um and 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 expand uh you know our fan base um but uh we have foot in here and uh dolly both of them need to speak joe you 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 wanted to finish up on some stuff on some points that you have and um so so go ahead and finish up your points and then we'll move on to uh foot and dolly obrigado bruno <laughs> but uh yeah man what i was gonna say you know valeu uh, valeu eu que agradeço pelo espaço aí pessoal a torcida aqui no brasil é pouca do los angeles mas a gente tem uma, uma torcida bacana aqui a gente tem um grupo é, a torcida é baixa né, como eu falei mas é uma equipe que chama atenção aqui no brasil Thank you, man. He just said that uh, he just want to thank you guys one more time and said that even though there's only a few supporters, we they're very passionate about the team and he's going to continue to uh, raise the flag like we do it. So appreciate that. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I was going to I was going to continue on what um what my friend uh, Kelso was saying. Um, you know, uh, we didn't we didn't maximize the potential of the of the transfer market even like before the season started, we all expected like some movement, you know, maybe some player exchanges as you see like other teams inside MLS, you know, the way I see other teams operate in MLS is like, okay, we, we see the best defender in the MLS. Let's go ahead and get them. Or we see the best midfielder in MLS. Let's go get them. But the way that we see MLS is like, all right, let's go get the people from USL. Let's see if we could build them and sell them on a profit. You know, it's like, come on, bro. Like, I mean, I love the idea of like, Corey yeah, Baird. Corey Baird, Bryce Duke. Uh, well, Bryce Duke came from an academy, but you know, we see even this new striker that we just got. You know what I mean? Um, Musoski wasn't he from USL also? Reno. Yeah. Yes, so we, we rounding up the talent from the 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 minor leagues because as someone brought it up very well. Bella, I believe, like takes it like 60 to 70 percent of our salary cap. So we have to fill it up with the Chris's of the world. And, and, and it's a great point. I never really thought it that way, but it puts a ton of weight on the because because the way I see it is like, okay, we're bringing in the young talent. I don't mind us building them up and shipping them out to Las Vegas. But even Las Vegas right now is in a big turmoil, bro. Loss after loss after loss. Now we bring these guys over here and they're. I mean, either they have like a winner mentality or they could continue losing over here and demoralize them even more and put them even more in the bottom of the barrel. The way I see it is like, why the hell doesn't LAFC go out and get like, you know, the top players? Because we, we're we're pictured even even when I listen to MLS some um, extra time, like before the season, we were like the favorites. We were like in their power rankings and all this stuff, man. And then now it's like we're we're like the San Jose, now, you know, of uh of MLS, like we were, we were, we were this big trophy, you know. And then now we're just like, ugh, like something like a rusty old car that doesn't that that needs a big oil change and a big uh, overhaul, you know what I mean? But it's just sad to see that. It's sad to see and amazing to see seeing some of the players that are being developed, like Bryce Duke. But then we have other players like Cal Jennings, Raheem Edwards, and it's just like, come on, bro, like. I know you guys got a little extra, or maybe you just don't. Maybe you just, we already topped you at your talent where you're at. You know, which is nothing wrong, 
Then I think we should just move on and just sell them into like back into USL and try to find either like somebody else that can replace them and bring even higher caliber talent or maybe could go to the next level. But I don't know why we just don't don't like go go and like get um like a defender from Atlanta United, a midfielder from Atlanta United. You know what I mean? San Jose just did this. There has to be a reason for that because if you recall how many people we loaned out to the to the to the Vegas Lights in the beginning of the season, it was like an entire card with eight people. And now all those people are starting for us. <laughs> and, and and we signed a couple of them to be full time players for Los Angeles, right? So I, 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 our reliance on the Vegas players are way bigger than their reliance on the LFC players now. And, and that's, that's trouble right there. It, it, we, it reversed where the Axis team has now feeding us players and we're trying to make see. Essentially, in my opinion, we're doing experimenting to see who's going to be good for next year and who's going to be gone. You know, it seems to me that we're at that, that time of the year that we're already experimenting with roster uh, changes to see who's worth keeping it beyond the, the next season. You know, it, it almost seems like they gave up because some of the moves don't make any sense. Right. And we were just scratching our heads like, wait a minute, why are we starting this person where there's a better substitute, um, an established starter like Latif Blessing on the bench? Right. And yet we're keeping, you know, some of these guys, you know, we're keeping everybody on the dark of why this is happening and, and starting, you know, someone that was at USL like a month before. It just doesn't the, make the, other thing I, the other thing I don't understand also is like, OK, so if we don't play Moon and then you put in uh, like uh, Raheem Edwards, let's say. What happened to blessing? We we experimented blessing already on the right back position, on the left back position. Like, what's up with that? Like, we, he's it already tested. That's what Bruno was saying. Like, we keep changing the formation. Is this and this is on the coach? You know, players don't like to be changed. They're good. They're, they they know who their passing lanes are. Who's gonna be next to them? It's a it's a, you know, it's a cadence issue. And if you keep tweaking with it, you know, and sometimes you do because of injury. Sometimes you don't need to. So it, it seems like he overdoes it. When he doesn't have to, like the blessing situation is classic. It's Bob 101. You know, very true. Again, you can't ask an 18 year old in Mamadou Fall yeah. to carry your team and be the star. You know, he looks cool with the sombrero and he's gonna be cool and like we're you know like the flag. And I I got to meet him. He's a nice dude. But again, you need some meat in this bone. And right now, it just seems like we're waiting for the next guy. Yeah. You know, well, why didn't we? Why don't we bring the 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 key players? Because it seems like we're waiting for the next splashy signing where we all forget about everything and all run to the HQ and buy the new jersey. It's coming. Let's let's let Foot come come in and and let's hear what Foot has to say. Come on, Foot. Hey, everybody. Just listening to – hopefully you guys can hear me. we can hear you. Listening to this back and forth. And and, and, uh, I have three things to say. One, to kind of agree with – with, with what Pablo's been saying, but remember, Pablo, nobody nobody said LASC should sell K. Nobody said that. Everybody that was against K said he needs to be benched until he gets his mentality straight and moves forward. And now we see, as you rightly mentioned about the morning chat, the Spanish chat, where they mentioned the situation with K, where he was mentally out of it because he was... Uh, his issue was the state of his contract, and we discussed how it, how the infighting in in in, in the in the uh, organization was affecting him. And he was basically rebelling to a certain way. We do twenty twenty hindsight twenty twenty, right? But everybody wanted to bench him until he got 
rights, basically. We were all surprised when LAFC sold them. And we're like, we didn't want to go there. We just want to bench him until he gets right. Or give somebody, do you remember we were playing, we were talking about Janela, the $500,000 guy sitting on the bench for 20 games. You know, yeah. he said, sit him down, sit Mac down, put Janela in, create some competition, and then put Mac back in. But no, right. TJ comes in and sells the guy. And now look at him, different mentality, even if he's not getting paid much more or whatever, but he's, it looks like his mind is clear or LAFC organization uh, problems. You get right. me? Uh, next, next with Vela, bro. At this point, I am pissed off at Vela for the six million dollars a year where he's played eighty percent of his time in two years with LAFC. So yes, Chelsea is a little bit correct in saying this guy's taking up sixty percent of our payroll, yeah. and therefore we can't freaking get anybody. It's like the, the Danny Alves is in Brazil. It's that high. It, it, both of my teams had the same issue. I'm like, you gotta be kidding. Right, me. right. But look, look, but look, I was pissed off. I was pissed off at Bella last year for not going to Orlando. And uh, you can give me this whole family guy thing all you want. It was a month-long yeah. uh, tournament. Me too. I and was a pissed. lot of everybody played football in Europe. Everybody traveled for football in Europe, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, the prima donna of Bella that everybody in Mexico knows about is showing up. Right I'll now. disagree Even, with you on that one, Flea. You know, you know how well, I feel about that. It, just because no, it, the, the problem is that if the wife and the kid and the COVID. Yeah, but there's 100,000 footballers out there that are married with Yeah, kids, but bro, he's having a, 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 he's having a new baby. A lot of he's having a new and baby. at the end of the day, he has a contract. He gets paid a lot of money to do for me at this point is like the COVID excuse, you know, it for is. LAFC podcasters already. <laughs> next, for next, for the, the, the comments like that Bruno and LAFC France made, absolutely on target. And I just don't understand how fans that are not in the U.S. get it and LAFC MLS fans in the U.S. Don't get well because they're they're know, they're they're raised about... in they're raised and bred of football players uh football fans you know like it's, right, we're right, talking right, about places right. that that's, that's their to... culture right so of course they're going to understand exactly exactly and it goes down to the bobbing people that come up with the silliest excuses and comeback comments that are pathetic and that don't belong in football and I'm glad that people young people like Bruno and LSE friends can see it and bring it up and shove it in the and they should with their comments they should shove it in the face of all the adults uh podcasters and bloggers that are basically idol worshiping bob or tj or, or jt here you know where they don't see anything wrong and where the excuse is oh it could be worse uh folks 10 games ago is when the lafc talking heads were saying without bob it can get worse uh yeah right look at where we are Right. Uh, so, no, it can't get worse. And that's where I go with Pablo and I say it can't get worse, bro. Uh, Bob, it, it's not going to get worse without Bob because the next coach is going to come in. He's going to come in with demands and say, I'm not taking over Bob's team. You're going to sign me up. I'm going to coach my team. I need to get rid of X, Y, Z. And I need you to bring me this guy, you know, and that goes to my next point from the morning, Pablo, when we were talking with the Spanish uh, broadcasters in the morning an excellent point that they made and it worries me a lot and they said because i asked the question who who bears the most part sort of like bruno talking about the pie i said the office 
or the players. I, I, I skipped Bob altogether. I just went and I said, Who's, whose fault is it that we're doing bad? The, 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 the players that are not producing or the FO that is making so many mistakes this season? You know, one of the things that they said is LAFC cannot get rid of both Bob and Vela at the same time. That's why I asked you guys in the chat earlier. And that's a big problem for me. Well, no, it's true, though. But, think, but because it's not yeah, going to happen, right? But also right? think like, about this. Team yeah, but think about it's, this. It's, it's, it's not just Bob and Bella. Now you're also replacing Rossi. So you're going to have to find two DPs and a coach. And, but, no, and but there's a Wait, but then we'd replace Rossi bro? with Arango, though? Right. Like, isn't the that going to be the DP this, right there? Yeah, sorry, Chelsea. But the way that they're talking about this, forget about the DP spots. This is basically the core of the LAFC mentality and the LAFC project. You, you get me? I understand your argument about replacing two DPs. Yeah, that's to, to this argument, that's secondary, right? Uh, the main thing is that the questions, JT could go. Like uh, Chelsea said, you know, Cincinnati can fire the GM and then later on think about the coach, right? But the argument of Bella and Bob, which we know is not a marriage made in heaven, which we know it is not. Go ahead, go ahead. Repeat that, please. Bob and Bella is about the identity of the team. Mm -hmm. Because this project, whichever way we see it, 360, Mm -hmm. from wherever side you see it, is about Bella and Bob. Bella is the marketing tool in in L.A., basically. You know, it is their, our Chicharito, it is our Slatlan, it is our Cifuegos, it is our um, Beckham, etc. right? And nope. Bob is the identity, and Bob is the identity on the field, right? The game, the, the identity of the football, right? Which one do you get rid of? Because I mean, I, way, oh, dude, I got to be honest, the other day with them, the other day with them showing Bob and Chicho, I, I mean, uh, uh, I, I don't... I don't know. I, Bob might be Bella, Bob, Bob might be Bella. the uh, Bob might also be the uh, marketing tool for, no, for LAFC. Bob, Bob is never going to be the marketing tool for LAFC. Never. No, 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 no This isn't a, a U.S. I, men's I, national team. This is not marketing to begin tool. with. Yeah. You know, well, if yeah. this was Chicago, no. if this was New York, if this was New England. I bet you, yes. Mm-hmm. But this is not... well. They definitely didn't show Vela's face up against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I get you. I get you. What they did. I get you. Well, you know, and, what, and, but and, and let's just be that, honest. Right? They don't no, talk but, about Vela that much anymore. But they bro, talk about him being injured. Well, and it's on. all it, about it's, Bob. It's they don't. They don't bro, talk about anybody else. Right, but Nick, this is that was a message of support for Bob because I bet you that the FO is hearing all of this. But this not marketing. Marketing is what they did for the All-Stars, putting, Chich- putting Chicharito and Vela up there instead of Rui Diaz, who's a goal scorer, right. instead of putting Joseph, Muri- Joseph Martinez, instead of putting the other guys that are actually producing. That's marketing. I agree. This thing I with agree. Carson, this is just saying the FO supports Bob. He's our trainer. That's it. All right, let me ask you all a question before we got to go. So if y'all had it up to you, all right, because – Let's just say they don't get – would you rather Bob or JT go at this point, though? I know where you are, Foot. You want Bob. But really, seriously think about would you prefer to have a new president that maybe will bring us different talent and see what Bob has as opposed to replacing Bob and Vela, or would you rather have Vela 
and Bob gone and keep JT and keep it the way it is? Definitely not keep JT only. Definitely not keep JT. There needs to be – either he goes and the other two stay, as you said, and you wait until another GM comes and makes peace, or, or, or two have to go. But JT, JT can't, can't stay um, on its own. Uh, I, I mean, he's not the project, bro. He's, JT is not the project. Celso, what do you, you think? Know? Yeah, my, my thoughts are this. Um, and this, this is gonna, I'm going to end with letting you know that after Bob Bradley left the Chivas USA in Carson, uh, Chivas improved the, last, the next three seasons. So there is life after Bob in L.A., and I hate to bring the Chivas USA into it, but it's an interesting fact that once he left, uh, the team got better for the next three seasons. So, uh, you know, and they were pretty mediocre to begin with. Interestingly enough, Sasha Gelston was there. But to answer your question, though, um, I believe it starts with Bob Bradley. It's the easiest change at the end is at the end of a, of a cycle. And I think it's worth giving a Latin American chance uh, to, to coach so many Latin American players. Uh, not from a, just a personality standpoint. I believe it's a, it's a soccer style thing that, can, can uh, game style thing that can translate into pitch and, and, and give us some. I just want to say something before I go. I, I think it doesn't matter if Bob goes or JT goes. It doesn't really matter because the reality is as long as the philosophy of the team is a selling team, you can bring Conte and it's going to look like Ted Lasso that doesn't know what the fuck is going on. No, it on. ain't. Because you can, because no no listen That's not to me. the truth though yeah because he, he he's he's gonna start asking for players and they're gonna say no that we don't do those yeah kind dude of I've had this game. argument that already I've already hear. had this argument with people and, and, and that's a, not the and facts a, though dude a guy like that isn't gonna come to a club that's gonna say hey we're a selling club he's gonna come to a club that wants to win you're not gonna get a okay but it's just an example don't hang out on that I'm just giving you an example I'm just telling you. That even if you bring a new coach and a new GM, if the ordinance says just buy players for cheap to sell, it's going to be the same result over and over. Yeah. And we are going to get another Red Bulls. Um, Red Bulls. You, it's like mm-hmm. Red Bulls. Yeah. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's why the supporters are complaining because 25 years, they haven't won anything. Every time they put a decent team together, next year they sell all the players away. Because it's about we all need to hear that. Do we all hear that? So twenty-five years without winning—that's that should make us feel pretty good. (laughs) I mean, that is something that Bob Bradley should take a quick. We we are not at least twenty-five years in and not winning, bro. So that's a good point, Pablo. That's a very good point. We should be happy that we have, we aren't twenty-five years in this and 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 still asking for them to win. You know, I mean. You know, I, Pablo shared something with me uh, yesterday about them saying that. And, uh, you know, it's crazy because they send their talent to Europe like Dallas. And it it's a shame because you see some of these teams that have had talent that they send to Europe that could make them a good MLS team. But instead, they sell them for cheap and get them over there to say, hey, look, we sold them there. And I uh, appreciate Pablo sharing that with me. Um, but, yeah, man, we've we ran our course. It's time for us to move on. And um, I've enjoyed all the conversations. Bruno, uh, LAFC France, it was really nice hearing from you guys, man. I, I, I really, really enjoyed that a lot. And to everyone else that comes on and gives all their, you know, their opinions and, and getting to hear what everyone has to say about what's going on with this, this club, I always enjoy it. I look forward to these Mondays. 
Uh, if you want to be part of it, come and join us Mondays at 4 o'clock. You can be part of it. Give your opinion. Let us hear from you. And uh, if not, we'll post it on uh, as a podcast, and uh, you guys can listen to it on all the um, podcast um, forms. So, uh, again, I've enjoyed this day, and you've been listening to the Voices of the Black and Gold, and uh, we look forward to uh, hopefully getting this win come Wednesday. 